Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new year of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Woo! I got a little thing for this, Steve. Wait, ready? Wait, hold on. Shit. Uh, now I'm sweating. I can't open it. I wanted to uh, crack a can right as I did it. Ah, uh, yeah. That's the oh. that's the stuff. What Cheers. This is my fourth Red Bull of this weekend. Oh, I was going to say, I was, wait, this weekend that started, like, oh, it's yeah. been a day and a half? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a good weekend, Steve, and uh, good. we're back with more of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. This is episode, episode, episode number 172. It's going up January 11th, 2021 for patrons, January 13th for everyone else. My name's Steven, spelled with a P-H-N-A, so you think it's Stefan, it's not Steven, so we call me Steven, and we call the other Steven, who's P-H-E, Steve, Steven and Steve, yep. and yeah, we've been doing it for like almost like a year and a half, two years, no one's ever been confused by it, ever. Mm-hmm. How was your time off, Steve? Uh, it was good. Fucked up my back, which I can't remember if it happened last episode or or not. I did it twice. Like I, I went to wash my hands <laughs> after the washroom and just my back, like just seized my back. It was oh utterly impa- like so painful. Well, and then uh, New Year's the second you. time. Yeah, second time was just picking up my daughter from the bathtub, and but that one wasn't as bad. So it's finally like getting better, and I've been doing stretches and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm finally like feeling a little bit better about it. I had a massage yesterday. Bust nice. out your ring fit. Yeah, well the thing is, I so my right Joy-Con is fucked up. Oh yeah, and won't connect to the thing. So my friend lent me his Joy-Con mm-hmm. to play, but then I messed on my back, and so I haven't even like played it or attempted it or anything like that. Hmm. And I think I'm I think I'm now kind of in a position where I could play it, but like any of the ones where I'd had to like lie down on the ground, like the squat one or not the squat, the um, the like sit up ones or whatever. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be able to do because I don't really have like a yoga mat or anything like that. I don't know. Hmm. I beat World One over the break. Oh yeah, nice. I tried. There's there's a lot though. That game is long. I heard <laughs> it's a grind. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, we're supported by our amazing patrons over on patreon.com slash Devs. Shout out to new patron Anna, who joined us over the, the holiday. Thank you so much for your support, Anna. And everyone else who's continued their support into the new year. You can back us on Patreon for Discord perks, two-day early access to the podcast, game giveaways. We've still got games from the Quebec Humble Bundle, uh, so reach out to Steve if you're interested in any of those. Discounts mm-hmm. for Canadian gaming events, which used to happen in person, like EJLX, and might happen again in person in the next year so who knows but we do that sometimes and shout outs at the end of every episode and the knowledge you're helping us keep the lights on covering the canadian game dev scene steve of course we also want to plug all the indigenous supports that we've been plugging last year and of course the fight's still happening this year land back lane in ontario the Wet'suwet'en in bc the micmac out here in nova scotia all the links to ways to support are in the show notes and uh check out night of the indigenous devs if you haven't it's up on youtube links also in the show notes all right steve we got some more jobs for everyone as we do here if you're looking for gainful employment in the canadian game dev scene why don't you check out achimastawanan games in uh toronto's looking for an intern video game programmer canuck play in peterborough ontario is looking for a senior unity game developer unity game developer and 3d modeler for static objects sleeping giant interactive in toronto looking for a character animator rigger and Stormy Shore, out here on the East Coast, in Paradise, Newfoundland, is looking for a lead 3D artist. Why not find a new job in the Canadian game I've seen this year? Why not? Why not, Steve? Ah, why not? 
live a little. I, got, I don't have the skills. That's why I'm not playing. Oh, that's why. Yeah. So, I, someone I out there with the skills could do it. Someone who can do more with a computer than record a podcast could do one of these jobs. <laughs> I can barely do that. So. <laughs> uh, I got two news stories for you this week, Steve. Of course, kind of slow, slow news between the holidays and the chugging start to the year. I want to plug a game uh, called Clairvoyance. It's by Fring Frang Games. And it's interesting in that it's set in the town of Clare, Nova Scotia. And it's a game built directly by the community there. Over 300 people contributed to the game's development. It's a uh, mythological adventure, sort of visual novel, uh, exploring the mythic uh, Acadian region in and around Clare, Nova Scotia. Uh, it's been covered in the CBC, Le Monde, a couple other big sites, and yeah, I just wanted to plug it. Over 100 characters in the game are actual people from the town, and it's it, it looks, if you look at the screenshots here, like most um, the UIs of visual novels, uh, sort of adventure games you've seen, text box at the bottom with what people are saying, um, inventory and map and log at the top, and yeah, that's just an interesting idea. It's very Canadian, obviously, and characters and setting um yeah i wanted to highlight that what do you think steve looks pretty sweet i kind of i like the idea i didn't know like the town was like people like a lot of people were kind of contributing to it Mm -hmm. um it's pretty sweet it's kind of it's the type of thing that i kind of want like for my own hometown of one or home city of one sound to do or whatever so i think it'd be pretty cool i'm just looking at the wikipedia page for the town has eight thousand people mm-hmm. have you been there yet have Never. you it's on no you need you gotta go visit well i gotta play and then i gotta go mm. and yeah, like, hey i remember you from the hit game clairvoyance <laughs> <laughs> the area hosts the oldest and largest annual acadian festival as well as nova scotia's first grand fondo cycling event huh which were canceled in 2020 damn the uh <laughs> description says play through this roughly five-hour adventure to find out what makes claire such a fascinating place nice yeah Check out Clairvoyant. Oh, I get it. Clairvoyant. Oh, my God. Uh, dude, really? I t- I'm so sorry. That took me so long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, next bit of news comes from Mike Micah on Twitter, who tweeted out that Project Winter from uh, Studio Other Ocean, with offices on the East Coast out here and in California, is coming to Xbox January 26th and will launch for f- included with the Game Pass subscription. Uh, Project Winter, of course, a nominee for Canadian Game Dev's Best Ongoing Game, uh, is a sort of hidden role, uh, sort of, if you played the board game uh, One Night Werewolf, it's like that, but real time, in the wilderness, with bear traps and bears and guns, where like someone's trying to sabotage everyone trying to escape, but a bunch of people are trying to escape. It does cool stuff with the proximity voice chat, Steve. I don't know if you ever played, but it's one of those ones you don't want to play on Discord. You want to play with the in-game audio because the further you get from someone, the lower your audio gets and then it disappears. If there's a blizzard, it becomes harder to hear people. Oh, and so that's like something that. where like when you split up with someone and only you two can hear each other and then like say they kill you and you start screaming, like no one would hear you if they like did it right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I like that idea. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, excited for more people to get to check this out on Game Pass. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a place I see a lot of established, successful multiplayer games. Like Among Us just came to Game Pass. Uh, I think it it'll help. I don't know, like 
obviously just inject a bunch of new players into a game because what can happen often, Steve, I don't know, I'm sure you probably noticed is like once a game like this has been out for, I guess, three years now, like all the people still playing are like usually really good at it. Yeah. To a point where it's almost a barrier to new players. So getting a whole bunch of people who haven't played yet or maybe played at launch and lapsed and check it out on Game Pass back into it is a, a good time to get into the game. Yeah, exactly. And you see like memes too, where it's like all the vet players can like feast yeah. on like the new players and stuff like that. But that's always the thing. Like even even like bigger games, I find that like if I get the Call of Duty, I usually get like Call of Duty um, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I find even if I go in like on Christmas, it's just like I get wrecked. So mm-hmm. um, very very uh, you know, Game Pass is still amazing. So Game Pass is still to- dope. Check this out on January 26th, for sure. Lots of Canadian indies coming to Game Pass, too, Steve. I don't know if uh, people follow us at Candy Game Devs. I uh, retweeted and pulled out a bunch of the games from um, Xbox put together, like all the indies coming first to Xbox, and uh, in 2021 specifically, games with Mm -hmm. solid, in quotes, release dates, you know? Um, Of course, Tunic from Dicey out here in Halifax. Uh, That'll be on game pass i think and xbox um and then the big con from mighty yell in toronto which i'm very excited about i think you're is that that's on game pass too i think i it's either on game pass or just one of those like exclusive console to xbox Mm. Uh, let me find the tweet here and as for other games that aren't confirmed 2021 like uh echo generation from coco cucumber co that'll be I think on Game Pass. I gotta imagine so because when they launched um, Riverbond, it was on Game Pass. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because that's how I play. At least on. Um, <clears throat> at least on uh, PC Game Pass. Okay, I found Cause it because that, that's how I played it. So, and Spearfare is on there too. Yeah, that Game launched. Pass. And Star Renegades launched. A lot of Canadian indies launching on Game Pass. So I found the tweet October or sorry December thirty first, twenty twenty. Xbox tweeted out uh, exclusive indie games for 2021 to the Xbox platform. Tunic, the big con. Um, And yeah, all the other ones they've announced that are just don't have release dates yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I guess I'll count that as news. That's a good place for it to come up. Well, I mean, the other, the, we mentioned last episode when we were going over our own personal most anticipated, but backbone as well, right? It's coming to Xbox. Backbone's coming to Game Pass. (laughs) I I think think. we, I think I said that it was Xbox and like Game Pass, but I think he's he like they differentiated in the title where he says Backbone is coming to Xbox and PC Game Pass. So I don't mm. so that makes it sound like it'll be on PC Game Pass and just Xbox proper. But you know, yeah, it'll it'll be on Steam and stuff too. I imagine. All right, that's it for the news, and let's move on to the first wish list. This of 2021, Steve. Of course, this is our popular segment where we highlight three upcoming Canadian-made games that you got to add to your wish list right now. These games are either developed wholly in part with by canadians in canada it's just some canadian element to this game you know and the mm-hmm. development specifically i got three very different games all with steam pages this week we're stay, staying true Ooh. to the original formula uh first up habroxia 2 by lilymo games in guelph ontario just 10 minutes from where i grew up it's releasing february 3rd 2021 that's very soon and you can wishlist it on steam now quote Blast off for a sequel that pushes every facet of 2D shoot 'em ups to escape velocity. Um, it's 
being published by East Asia Limited, who's also doing a physical release, I believe. Uh, but Steve, mm-hmm. you're a big fan of Hybroxia 1. Why don't you tell me about it? Yeah, it's it's 2D kind of more retro shoot 'em up um, Sort of like kind of what do you play on like uh, NES, like Gradius and all that stuff. Mm. But you level up and, and or you, you like you get like improvements and stuff to your ship and you got to rescue um, like or at least in the first one you rescued uh, like people like within in space and stuff like that. And I've, I've said this a couple times, but I, cause I don't like the ones that are like super hard and difficult and it requires like amazing eye coordination to like find that pixel. That is like the only safe place, you know, like the, I like the ones where it's just like a lot of bullets, but like it's not super difficult and you get cool power ups and stuff like that. And this was kind of like that. Um, I played on Vita, platinumed it. Um, I'm I'm glad they're going the Habroxia two route, because um, I you know I like I, li- I really like the first one. It was it was just like the kind of shoot 'em up that I that I enjoy. So it's not like a twin stick shooter. It's like you're just going forward and, and shooting forward sort of thing. Oh okay cool. Yeah. It's a kind of bullet hell too. I'm I'm getting. I never know if yeah. it's that genre right. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know the intricacies of that genre. Sort of like the whole rogue light versus rogue like thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's not like a super because when I think of like bullet hell shooters, I think of like Ikaraga or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and just like other kind of like crazy ones like that. Mm-hmm. But, like I call I call Cuphead a bullet hell because like lots of times there's like one or two safe spaces on the screen. You're, yeah, and you don't and that wasn't hybro. <clears throat> pardon me, that wasn't Hybroxia one. So mm. I assume that's not Hybroxia two either. But it's kind of it, it feels like a, it looks like an NES like shooter sort of thing. So. Note, Habroxia 2 requires a controller to play. Playing with a keyboard and mouse is not supported. I don't see awesome. that too often. <laughs> All right, Steve, I have to ask. And this is the first one of the year. Ooh. Is Habroxia 2 by Lilymo Games of Guelph, Ontario on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Next game today for wish list this. Steve, Imposter Factory by Freebird Games. They just say they're in Canada. It's releasing, quote... End of 2020, but uh, that could technically mean beginning of 2021 spring, exclamation point, end quote. <laughs> so very clearly wasn't end of 2020, but obviously that could mean the beginning of 2021. So spring, exclamation point. All that to say, it's coming soon. Uh, it's, quote, a bonkers time loop tragic comedy murder mystery thriller featuring multiple casualties and a suspicious cat. From the creator of To the Moon. I guess To the Moon is a well-known game, otherwise you wouldn't mention it. Um, This game was actually brought to my attention from someone on Twitter who was like, hey, why isn't this game in your most anticipated category for the poll? And I was like, oh, geez. And I hopped over to their Twitter, and they got 31,000 followers, and these two games, To the Moon and Finding Paradise, are quite beloved by, Mm. uh, like, I don't know, cult classic gets thrown around a lot, but this feels like kind of a cult hit game in that it has, like, a... Small but extremely passionate, dedicated oh, fans. Yeah, To the Moon has 38,000 Steam reviews. Hot damn. I guess that's from, a little bigger than Cult Classic, depending on how. 2011. You define a solo developer's project. But uh, yeah, so Imposter Factory, I think, it, RPG Maker. It kind of looks like RPG Maker. Um, in the same way, um, Vagabond Dogs, sometimes always Monster, you know? Mm hmm. Uh, I love the idea of a tragic comedy, 
they use the C in comedy and the C in tragic and smush it together. That's good. Good, good work. Uh, um, Dr. Watts and Dr. Rosaline have peculiar jobs. They give people another chance to live their lives all the way from the very beginning. Ooh, interesting. What do you think, Steve, looking at this Steam page? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I was looking at the other game, so I'm just watching the trailer now. It does look like RPG Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to, I'm, I'm feeling the um, Benjamin Rivers uh, Alone With You and, and stuff mm. like that, because that's RPG Maker 2, I'm pretty sure. So just more examples. But it looks pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, that first game, To the Moon. Like Lots of fans? Lots, a lot of Steam libraries, <laughs> so... Uh, at the FAQ at the bottom, they say, is Imposter Factory the sequel to To the Moon and Finding Paradise? And the answer is, maybe not. Maybe it's a sequel. Maybe it's a prequel. Maybe it's both. But again, there is no prerequisite to playing Imposter Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I like the cryptic chung and teak. Jesus Christ, Steve. Tongue and cheek <laughs> uh, attitude on the Steam page. I like that a lot. Yeah. I have to ask Steve, is Imposter Factory by Freebird Games on your Steam wishlist? Yes, it is. Excellent. And lastly, Steve, another big hitter. Definitely a cult classic in the first one. It was now just a mega Canadian indie game franchise. Outlast Trials by Red Barrels in Montreal. Oh, we haven't done this one yet? Oh, you've been banking this one. <laughs> I, was, uh, I checked our last year. We didn't do it. We, we talked about it when it was announced, but we haven't been able to wishlist it since then. There's been a Steam page. Quote, oh, also for release date, they say, freedom ends in 2021 so that's a this year probably i don't know take your time that's whatever the outlast trials is a survival horror game you can play by yourself or with other players online you'll have to survive the twisted sadistic and bizarre experiments of the murkoff corporation alone or in a group of up to four players it's actually a typo there alone or in a group up two four players no technically that works although i'm getting the red line in google so what does google know steve Definitely nothing. this is of course big yeah, probably one of the biggest canadian indies canadian games coming out soon like uh outlast one was like a huge hit it was like millions of copies sold two I'm, I'm assuming did better and going multiplayer seems to be what a lot of successful indies are trying to do to uh create longer lasting Mm-hmm. a game with longer legs than the like shorter i beat outlast one in a couple hours did another playthrough um outlast two i never finished but the murkoff corporation i remember from the first outlast they're the ones who own the uh, asylum and were doing a bunch of weird shit in the basement so they seem to be a running theme throughout this i don't remember if they were in two in two you're like an investigative journalist looking into this like cult in the weird midwest and I don't remember if the Murkoff Corporation is involved at all, but I didn't get very far. But they seem to be going back to that core theme in the first one. Yeah, to be honest, I because I played Outlast One like wait like the early days of the PS4 because it, it was, was a like PS one Plus the, game. Yeah, it was one of the first PS Plus games, <clears throat> and I played it and beat it and I was enjoyed it. I did, and I never got to two, and I've downloaded it a few times because I think it was also a PS Plus game. I think I have it. And I don't remember like spending money on it. Um, mm. But I, I just still haven't like played it. Is this so? Is it like an asymmetrical multiplayer thing? Do you think or or co-op-y? Because it's the tag is PVE, which would be like oh, you okay. teaming up with other people to take on the 
Murkoff Corporation's like Saw games or whatever. And that would yeah. be a big that would be a big twist for LS because it's always been you can't fight back. It's always run and hide, observe yeah. the enemy, try to sneak through. So if this is like co-op sneak through and like if someone gets grabbed you can like i don't know body check them and like try and run away with them because uh, i don't imagine they would betray that core outlast non non-combative element yeah yeah so I, i'm very interested yeah, in that imagine if they just turn into like first person shooters <laughs> that would that would that would be so dumb i i they're they're i don't know if you follow their like um transmedia storytelling stuff transmedia in this case means like comic books and like other stuff not like media about trans people yeah i was gonna so, say i feel like we we spoke about this they have like they're doing other things too aren't they yeah. doing like a comic the graphic novel mm-hmm. um that did very well um that sort of expanded on the uh first games like asylum incorporate uh like buying i think it was a prequel don't quote me on that um so they have a community that's very interested in the lore and like the world building of outlast so I think, you know, you, you obviously lose a little bit of that when you make something multiplayer, um, I think, personally. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting project. And no, not VR. Because I remember that you saw the goggles in the first teaser trailer. You're like, oh, it's oh, a VR that's right. Yeah. But no, they were, like, they were like, no, it's not VR. Um, but yeah, it's, it appears to be a co-op horror survival game. Yeah. Um, Note, they say all over this page, you can play by yourself. So I think that's what people care about. Yeah, true. Um, Any other thoughts, Steve? No, I'm excited for it. Every time we talk about this game, I'm like, oh, I should download the second one and just like give it a shot. And uh, just don't kind of get to it. I have enough, like, right now the difficulty is is games that I can't play in front of Sophia. So I have, like, enough of those games right now. So I don't think I'll be able to... Do not play Outlast 2 in front yeah. of your daughter, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's basically right now the only game I can is, like, NBA 2K21, which I'll talk about later on. Mm-hmm. But um, So it's just, like, a time thing. Like, I, I, like I want to play it, and I'll try to play it before this one comes out. Because kind of, I'm assuming it's also coming to PlayStation and other things, too. Like I assume... Like, I think Outlast 2 hit... Well, let me double check. It yeah. hit a bunch of platforms at once, whereas Outlast 1, I think, was like PC and then PS4. Um, let me consult the Wikipedia. Yeah, Outlast 1 yeah, was launched. 2013, and then PS4 2014, Xbox One same year, and then Switch 2018. Yeah, it looks like from Wikipedia, Outlast 2 hit PS4, Xbox One, Windows, April 25th, like, across the board. Yeah. And then it came to Switch uh, a month later. No, sorry, a year and a month later. So I assume it'll follow a similar trajectory where they like hit consoles and PC at the same time, ideally, because mm-hmm. it might it might have crossplay, which is something you really want. Um, and then probably switch later, and not as much of a focus because that's not really where people want multiplayer experiences. Oh, there's a just kind of digging around. I don't know if this is still true because this is from two years ago, but this mm-hmm. is saying that Outlast Trials is set during the Cold War. So in the Steam description here, Steve, quote, oh, set in the era of the Cold War, human <laughs> guinea pigs are involuntarily recruited by the good folks at the Murkoff Corporation to test advanced methods of brainwashing and mind control. In a world of distrust, fear, and violence, your morals will be challenged, your endurance tested, and your sanity crushed, all in the name of progress, science, and profit. Uh, cool. They end the Steam description with... 
It's always better to shit your pants in good company. <laughs> Thank you, Red Barrels. <laughs> cool. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. Hey, all three games, by the way, didn't have gifts in the Steam description. Hey, well, they didn't need it. <laughs> they made millions of dollars without gifts, so what do we yeah, know? Sure. <laughs> I have to ask Steve, is The Outlast Trials by Red Barrels Montreal on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. That's it for wish list this this week and the first wish list this of 2021. If you want us to cover your game in this segment, please tweet it at us. Send it to contact canadiangames.com at canadiangames on Twitter. This is usually how I find at least one or two of the games each week is someone's like, hey, look at this. I'm like, ooh, let's talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knows what I'm saying. Steve, of course, the big thing everyone's been waiting for, end of the year polls. We did three categories this year. Voting lasted two weeks. We got 7,533 votes as of polls closing last night at midnight. Our biggest year for the polls. Last year, for comparison, Steve, we got a little over 1,000 votes in uh, Game of the Year and a couple hundred in Most Anticipated Game. So, blew that away. And we we got chirped, and it was people's terrible experience that they had to vote in both things. Yes, yeah. But that's what we were trying to, like, avoid... Maybe I guess like next time we should just say like not applicable or something like that. Yeah. So people can and just not vote if they don't know or something. It's a learning. I've learned a lot this year. Uh, next year will be better. And one of those will be not every question is mandatory. If you just want to vote in one of the categories, we'll just go through that. Um, and the other thing I learned like a couple days in was I had like a separate question like, hey, do you think we missed a game? put it in here and submit it but i didn't have an other option for the mandatory drop down list so you had to pick a game and then write in the other so oh. I, quickly, I quickly added an other option at the bottom and then did the write in a game space so you know we're learning i learned a lot and we'll have this uh knowledge going into 2021 but we want to break down on the podcast and then i'll do a little thread on monday when the podcast goes live for patrons about the winners steve and i decided to do a top five, four runners-up, and the winner of each category. And uh, let's go through there, starting at most anticipated, Steve. Mm-hmm. A bunch of nerds clearly voted this year, because I'm looking <laughs> at this lineup, and I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Steve, no, coming in at number five, Warhammer Age of Sigmar's colon Stormground by Gasket Games in Vancouver, BC. What is this game, Steve? Because... I covered it. We've done it. Wish list this, and I have no idea. Let me find it here. Yeah, I was just googling. <laughs> uh, a planned release date early 2021, so that's soon. Uh, Gasket Games in Vancouver, of course, and yeah, this uh, looks like a massive Warhammer big budget production. Um, gifts in the st- nope. I lied. No gifts in the Steam page. Boo. I'll get if a boo. Uh, you could save 15% by buying on Steam, pre-ordering or whatever. So what kind of oh, game yeah. is this? Is this like a turn-based RPG? Or? Turn-based strategy game by the mm. Steam tags. Mm. Uh, I'm not seeing gameplay screenshots, but in the trailer? Um, nope, the trailer's all no, CGI. Trailers, yeah, the trailer's just CGI. So. Interesting. This it's is all- a... Uh, when you search on Steam for Warhammer, you get a bunch of... Uh, expansion or i don't know if they're like expansions on something else but when you search age of you get age of sigmar champions which is a free-to-play game age of sigmar tempest fall and age of sigmar storm grounds which is the one coming out that people are pretty hyped for 
It got hundreds of votes, so I, I, there's some Warhammer nerds out there. Nerds. Nerds, all of you. <laughs> oh, actually, there's some. So I found a YouTube video of uh, what I'm guessing is gameplay, mm-hmm. and it is like the grid-based stuff. It looks pretty cool, though, but strategy RPGs aren't my thing, so, and Warhammer's Me, certainly not my thing. So neither, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Both of us will probably not be, not be pressing on this one. But we'll cover it. But this next one. Darkest Dungeon 2 by Red Hook Studios. Also in Vancouver, coming in at number four, covered in wishlist this, covered extensively on the site with their big Kickstarter, big free last update to Darkest Dungeon, uh, board game, loads of attention and hype for this, coming to Epic Games Store, they signed that check, get that money, and clearly people are hyped. Uh, Darkest Dungeon, big Kickstarter success from a long time ago, I don't know when that first Kickstarter was, but legs, Steve, this game had legs. It was kickstarted let me see yeah it was development they uh it came out january 19th of 2016 so i mean kickstarter was probably like 2014 or something wait was there even a kickstarter oh yeah the kickstarter campaign launched in april 2014 uh they raised three hundred and thirteen thousand canadian dollars with ten thousand backers and then it blew up came everywhere right yeah. Um, then they got the board game, all the DLC, and Darkest Dungeon two building up hype. Uh, I'm I'm excited for this game. I never beat Darkest Dungeon one because I'm a scrub, but I loved it. I played a lot on PS4. I got through like three or four of the dungeon areas. Um, built up a nice party I liked, and then someone died, and I rage quit. And then <laughs> I got it <laughs> on Switch, which I would argue is the definitive way to play the game. No offense to Vita Switch. Uh, um, I like the bigger screen. Uh, and the switch version came with all that dlc so i jumped into some of that and enjoyed Mm -hmm. that too yeah Um, i have it on i was playing on vita really digging it but the whole time i was playing i was like yo the screen's so small and there's so much shit (laughs) like that's going on i gotta i gotta play it on ps4 and actually now that this these are good reminders i should just download on ps4 and just kind of restart because i think it has cross save or something and even if it doesn't i wasn't i wasn't overly far so it has cross save PS4 Vita, and I and I guess it's just your save on PS5. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna download that one too. Excellent. Ooh, down yeah. download sound effect. Ooh, Let yeah. me timestamp that. I can't do that. Oh wait, no, I can't. Can I do that from the PlayStation Store on my computer now? I can't remember. I downloaded Man Eater from the PlayStation Store on my computer. You actually like because da- I know you can buy stuff, but can you download? Stuff? Yeah, yeah. You start. I started the download, and then when I turned on my PS Five, it was like there it was. Oh, there you go. Anyway, right, Steve, cool. we're getting sidetracked here in the middle of most anticipated game coming in Sorry. at number three, Baldur's Gate Three by Larian Studios, who has a sizable office in Quebec. Uh, Baldur's <laughs> Gate Three launched in early access, but they're taking their time with this one. Uh, want to get everything just right uh it's got thirty thousand reviews on steam for the early access launch very positive um everyone was i follow i don't want to say the some some thirsty games journalists but there was definitely some interest in the different relationships available in this game seem to be jiving with some people um it's a dnd rpg crpg are the top three tags crpg i think is computer role-playing game I don't know, Steve. Don't know. Are you have any interest in Baldur's Gate? Uh, I mean, I I haven't played any of them. I know it's like a beloved franchise RPG. Like, isn't mm. it a Bioware like OG series? Did start with Bioware? Day? I thought it was. Am I wrong? I don't know. Let me double check. Keep keep telling me what you think. 
Um, I mean, it looks cool. I just, you know, it's just not, uh, it wasn't really on my radar before. Maybe when it comes out, that's when I'll sort of like look into, you know, what fans are saying of it and, and stuff like that. It's also like predominantly like a PC um, game. Yeah, the first one was uh, Bioware and, uh, and Baldur's Gate 2. Was- ha- the Ball Spawn Saga was originally developed by Bioware for personal computers, um, released in 1998. And actually, the because I remember playing the the only one I really played was Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which was like a Diablo clone for PS2 back in the day. And they're kind of bringing that back as well, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance, which is TBD. Which, uh, hmm? TBD currently. Yeah, which, which um, that's also actually that should have been on Earth End too, because that's also developed in Quebec. Oh yeah. Two games. Oh, we've been covering this one on the site. I remember this box art. Yeah. Um, Because the trailer was really weird. It was like first person like running or whatever. Or it was like the camera was like in front of the person running as he just like slashed and stuff. Was was that the Game Awards last year? I think so. Yeah, announced at the Game Awards 2019. December 12, 2019. There you go. supposed to come this year actually, but it was later changed to 2021. Probably COVID or something. Hype for Baldur's Gate 3. Clearly an anticipated Canadian game. Next up, Steve, coming at number two, Age of Empires 4 by Relic Studios in Vancouver, British Columbia. This was a early lead that held for a while, um, out of the gate, very strong, uh, and the results we'll get to, but um, clearly there was a, a, a passionate Age of Empires community. My friend, Sean, bless him, big fan of Age of Empires, not a big fan of 3 as much as 2 but has been enjoying the trailers coming out. And this is now, of course, owned by Xbox and Microsoft, so will be a Game Pass day one. Oh. Um, and PC... Oh, my cat's screaming at me. Huh. Hey, buddy. I don't know if anyone can hear that. Yeah, I can hear it. Um, Empires 2 Definitive Edition <laughs> coming out this month. Um, getting people hyped for Age of Empires 4. Uh I don't know about Xbox. I should know that. It just says Xbox Game Studios. So I assume PC first, and we'll see. Yeah. you have any affinity for the Age of Empires series, Steve? No, to be honest, a lot of these most anticipated, I'm not really feeling. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i not a big fan of RTSs, to be perfectly honest, because it was always like a PC-dominant genre, and I didn't, I'm not really a PC gamer. So I haven't really played many RTSs, and even the big ones. Like I remember I had friends in high school that just fucking loved age of empires too like that like mm-hmm. i knew so many people who played that um but you know i i probably won't i maybe i'll dabble in it if it does go to xbox and and game pass and all that but you know i'm not not really feeling this one mm. per se i mean it looks cool it looks it looks neat and they've i think the studio did all those definitive editions right one two and three because we talked about yes the they're fixed like how they fixed uh one of them with all the like you know, native people have like animal powers and all that shit, <clears throat> and that they they fix that. That was three, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, it's good that the studio, like you know, gets to dabble in those games, get comfortable with them, and now they're and like now they they get their own game sort of thing. So yeah, I I think spending I guess years now with the original games, remastering them for modern hardware, um, obviously gives you a great foundation. And knowledge set to build the next one. Yeah. 
Because that's uh, what... Age of Empires 3 was... Apologies for my cat. A long time ago. Like, this yeah, will I'm be the first Age of Empires game in, like, a decade? Age of Empires 1 is 97. Age of Empires 2 is 99. Age of Empires 3 is 2005. Holy. So and then like, there's just, like, a bunch of different, like, you know, there's Age of Empires 2 HD Edition 2013, and then they did Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition 2019, and a bunch of different, like, expansion packs and stuff like that. Um, So this is, like, you know, Age of Empires, this is Age of Empires 4, and Age of Empires 3 was legit 15 years ago, 16 years ago. So Holy. So it is a very anticipated <laughs> game. Mm, no doubt, no doubt. Coming in at number one, Steve. Most anticipated Canadian game by a landslide. Crushed it. <laughs> Paralives by Alex Massey and the Paralives team in Montreal. Steve, they found this tweet even before I did the thread and just like retweeted like, oh yeah, we've been nominated for most anticipated Canadian game. Within seconds, like a thousand likes, hundreds of retweets. This this community, ravenous, Steve. Yeah. And a I huge like, overlap for- with the Sims community. <laughs> like I'm looking at all the the profiles of everyone who was liking and retweeting and it was like huge sims fan big simmer big fan of the sim community and uh i think this game is trying to fill in a space in the sim community's heart that ea couldn't fill yeah um yeah they their tweet got 2300 votes um or like sorry like the tweet did and you know, we'll we'll discuss the different tweets or whatever because all like all the replies were super positive, just like mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to, and blah blah blah, and um, you know, we also got a lot of things in there about like the Ubisoft thing that we have that we like put up, and it was just like a very positive fan base of just people who were hyped for it, and uh, I had completely forgot about this game, and then when I was just like, what is paralyzed? Like what? How? What the? What the hell is happening? Looked mm-hmm. it up and I was like, oh, actually, never mind. This is this is pretty sweet. Like. It's not my most anticipated for sure, but like I can see why fans are getting excited for this one because it does look sweet. So the team, uh, there's seven of them now working on it full-time, uh, supports their development through Patreon. They make about 50000 Canadian a month with uh, 8,700 patrons funding the development. Um, and I think they're very, very involved with their community in terms of you know demos, builds, feedback. It's not early access. So you can't download anything through Steam. They're very focused on this community through Patreon. And mm-hmm. uh, they have a bunch of stretch goals that they've already started meeting. We're at 31,000. They recruited a UI artist at 36,000. They recruited a composer, which I assume is just like the the salary they need to bring that person onto the team per month, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, why Patreon? Ambitious progr- an ambitious project requires all the financial help and feedback it can get. We're hoping to use Patreon as a platform to involve everyone in the development of the game. Patreons get the opportunity to access exclusive development logs, discuss ideas, vote in community polls, and more. Alex says, quote, I quit my job to work full-time on this project. The money will allow me to keep working on it and also recruit more people. Our target team size is 10 people. We already have seven. Thanks to everyone for the support. Sweet. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, uh, well-deserved. Looks pretty sweet. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I, that's kind of why we wanted to do a top five as well, because, like, as soon as these guys retweet it, you know, it is a little bit of a popularity contest mm-hmm. and, like, how big your fan base already is. So we wanted to highlight kind of the top five. Um, but, Steve, they crush, like, they Age of Empires 4, Baldur's yeah. Gate 3, Warhammer, no, Darkest Dungeon 2, even. 
That's fair. That's fair. It's not not to take anything away from it. Like they like it was the, by far the largest margin in mm-hmm. her, in her poll. Like they they like they annihilated. I think they got like sixty five percent of the votes. So I checked. Uh, by the end, it was uh, I think I think a little over half of oh, all really? the votes went to Paralives for uh, mm-hmm. ongoing. And then they they were they were being cheeky little little people writing in Paralives in like every other category. I know. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, they got they came in at fifty one percent of the vote. Just like if you're looking at it like this pie chart, it's just half Paralives. Yeah. All right. Congratulations, Paralives. Most anticipated Canadian game uh, for our 2020 polls. Moving on to best ongoing, Steve. A couple bigger projects here, and a lot of the um, tweets for this were more like, uh, "Isn't such and such the only ongoing Canadian game?" Um, and some some vitriol in the comments for our number one. But we'll start at number five. Uh, a community that was probably of all of these the most most supportive. Don't starve together by Clay in Vancouver, a game that has been just chugging along. Steve, the Don't Starve community is a big one and a passionate one. The game originally released in 2016, but has been getting constant updates since then. The return of them reap what you sow update uh, just came out uh, December, like literally last month. They did a big update for this game four years after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got, let's see, 150,000 steam reviews. Just like, this is just a huge ongoing successful Canadian indie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just what else it's, it's don't starve, <laughs> but together and yeah. people love it. And it's a well-deserved spot at number five. Yeah. Borderlands 3, number four, Steve. Of course, major DLC development by a friend of the show and his partner, Sebastian, and, uh, oh no, bird puns their Steam username, Dell, my bad. And in Quebec, at the Gearbox Quebec, a couple huge DLC updates since the game launched, uh, including the Psycho Krieg and the Fantastic Fluster Cluck, <laughs> the Bounty of Blood, the uh, Guns, Love, and Tentacles, Moxie's Heist, and the Handsome Jackpot, which I think was one of the big ones at Gearbox Quebec. I think the first one? I'm not that sure. was the first one, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, Sebastian was working on that one, too. I think even before he graduated. Shout out to Sebastian. There you go. Um, loads of uh, content. The, the monetization of Borderlands is... is eh, I, I don't like... That by the end of everything, you can spend like hundreds of dollars to get everything. Um, but it is ongoing development. It is. Whereas Don't Starve Together from like an indie team in Vancouver is like free updates just constantly once you buy the game. I think there's cosmetics and stuff. This one is like big DLC packs that are like $20 yeah. each Canadian. A big $70 season pass. The season pass two. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> uh, from what I've heard from the Borderlands 3 players in my life, of which there are several good dlc packs that they are happy with yeah yeah it's it's good i don't because i don't think there's microtransactions in borderlands 3 like i don't think you can buy cosmetics or anything like that um so they kind of go with the older style there's a couple uh, i'm looking at the steam page couple of skins packs at the bottom for like seven bucks each oh never mind i take back what i was just about to say but anyways (laughs) borderlands 3 you you liked borderlands 3 i did um as soon as as long as you got like once it came to PS5 or whatever, because like once they fixed the loading of the menu, that was like the biggest issue. Well, that was one of the biggest issues. The writing's stupid. The big and they're big open worlds that don't need to be. But um, 
once once on PS5, it's like silky smooth and pretty sweet. So I was playing the DLC, and I'm gonna get back to it, um, finish up some of the other ones because I've done two of them. So more, and I think I voted that pick. Did I pick that one as my number one? I can't remember. I, I know it was either my number one or runner up. Can't remember. Check now. the site kinggames.com slash features to know for sure <laughs> what I Steve has already that, forgotten. <laughs> uh, coming in at number three, best ongoing Canadian game, Dead by Daylight by Behavior Interactive in Quebec. Uh, originally released in 2016, another 2016 game, like Don't Starve Together. This game is just massive, Steve. They got the mobile game out now, loads of new characters from major um, uh, horror franchises like Stranger Things, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Saw, Leatherface, Silent Hill. Uh, just, this is like Smash Bros, but for horror games, you know? Mm-hmm. And the Steam page has 300,000 um, Steam reviews, just massive success. They've posted an update December 1st with a binding of kin, a new chapter in the kind of story mode that's going on along the side. Uh, and yeah, I, you and I played this a little bit. We had a little trouble with the crossplay. I don't know if the kinks have been worked out there. I play pretty kin, uh, uh, great performance with people on PC across Xbox and Steam. Um, so I think that might be a platform issue that's you know probably resolved because crossplay was a, a new addition last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we should give that another shot sometime. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think you and I both kind of dig Dead by Daylight. Yeah, I gotta give it another shot because yeah, the the one of two times that I played it was like the time where we tried to cross play and it was just it was just rough. So you need to just play on PlayStation. Just no, not <laughs> let's let's try crossplay one more time. And then if that won't work, I'll clear some space on my, my hard drive. The thing I'm concerned about, I'll probably just download the PS4 version because I don't want the like 2% trophies synced. You know what I mean? It's an issue. Mm, I feel you because they did bring it officially to PS5, right? Yeah, like it has its own trophy list because I just downloaded our number one game because I was like, oh, I voted number one. I should get back into it and play it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had like 20% of the trophies and it down- I synced all those ones. And I was just like, okay, I'll, just, I'll live with that. But the 2%, I'll download the PS4 version until I get mm. a little bit higher, so... Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing with Dead by Daylight is like, we were just talking about with Borderlands Three. Like, it does have a lot of DLC. So, for as like, if I want to be casual with the game, you know, I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too. Understand this, but I want to be casual with it. But I still want to play as like Sun Hill. But mm-hmm. but to me, I'm just like oh, I might only play this game like five or six times total. I don't want to drop like more money on it just to play as Pyramid Head or some shit. So yeah, the uh, so there's there's the Silent Hill pack for sixty bucks, Stranger Things pack for thirty five bucks, or you can buy all the DLC on Steam and the game for uh, two hundred bucks. <sighs> some sim- that's some Sims level <laughs> DLC. I think it was just recently on sale on PlayStation, so you can like, you know, I guess you can get the ones that you kind of care about because I understand it's not their IP, so they have to charge you more money for it, right? Like they have to pay Konami for the Silent Hill shit. They got to pay whoever for all the other shit. Netflix. Um, who owns Netflix? Netflix owns Stranger Things. Oh right, right, right. yeah. So uh, I, so I get it, but I'm just like, uh, like it's just kind of annoying, I guess. I it's know, a big but, price tag. Yeah, for sure. But of course, think about this over four years. Like spending two hundred dollars to play a game for almost it'll be five years in a couple months. Yeah. No. 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 You know? Yeah. If you're if you're playing a lot of this game, then it makes sense. But as a casual, as someone who won't like, I know right away I won't play a lot of this game. So I'm just like, but I want to play a Sound Hill. So it's like, mm-hmm. I want both ways. But I know I can't have that. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a good game. It's a good game. Coming in at number two, 
Apex Legends by the newly minted Respawn Vancouver, a studio opened in 2020 solely to develop Apex Legends, hoping to staff up to 100 developers there. Uh, gave us an excuse to start covering the game and have me stream it for 14 hours without a win on our extra live stream. I love Apex, Steve. It's my favorite battle royale. Um, I pulled you back in a little bit with me, but I think you got all the trophies and then bounced. Am I right? Uh, I don't have all the trophies yet. Oh, you're missing. Oh, right. You're missing like one or two. We, we, <coughs> we can get you back in. We'll play. The cosplay... I, I need level 50 because I'm like level 45 or so, and I need, a, I need like three more wins and damage. So I'm... I'm still a little ways away, but, you know. We'll get you in there. Uh, <laughs> of course, added crossplay last year, too. The Switch version got delayed. God bless the programmers working on that. Uh, the crossplay is some of my favorite in game. I played, I played many games of this with you on PS4, a friend on Xbox, me on PC, and any combination of those. And I'm very happy with Apex Legends. It was my pick for best ongoing with a, with a runner-up nomination to foundation which didn't make the top five but god bless them i love apex steve yeah it's right yeah it's right. <laughs> no it's good number like <laughs> number one the best ongoing canadian game warframe by digital extremes in london ontario another long tale on warframe recently came to the epic game store in 2020 uh, it's got 400,000 reviews on steam released on steam March 25th, 2013, Steve. Wow. What were you doing March 25th, 2013? <laughs> I don't know. Where was I? Was I in school? You want to know what grade I was in? Oh, my God. No, four. <laughs> March 25th, 2013, I would have been just about to leave grade 10. <laughs> So I think this epitomizes many, many ways what is the best ongoing Canadian game. They've built a massive community. And as we hint a little bit, I think a little, I wouldn't say toxic. I would say, I would say passionate to a fault. <laughs> a community who was replying to the tweets of, uh, they, they tweeted out, hey, we're nominated for best ongoing. All of them were like, when's cross progression? When's cross progression? Where's the Xbox update? Where's the Xbox update? And uh, obviously that could be a very vocal minority because when I played Warframe, I got back in uh, actually last month, played the, th the new tutorial, which was great at getting me back into the game. Highly recommend if you are a lapsed person who played it when it launched on PS4 way back when and haven't played it since, definitely check it out now. Um, and also came to the Epic Games Store where it got a free uh, Epic pack because there's a lot of synergies between Epic, Unreal, and Warframe and um, Digital Extremes that we talked about on a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, by, a, by a sizable chunk, Warframe, about 28% of the vote. Uh, yeah. Any, any thoughts on Warframe, best ongoing Canadian game, Steve? I think you pulled for Dauntless. Yeah, I was. I just had to <laughs> had to relook at it because I'm old and I can't remember <laughs> shit. But Dauntless was my number one. Didn't break the top five. Borderlands three was my runner up. Um, Warframe I did give a shout out to, but I just didn't play it. So I was like, I don't know if I can vote for best ongoing because I don't know what mm -hmm. they've done. So I, that's why I re-downloaded it last night and just sort of hopped in for five minutes just to like make sense of it. And I remember like back in the day when I did this the last time, like a year or so ago, maybe two years, it's like very overwhelming at, at the start. 
and you're like, what do I do? But then if you just kind of dive in and just start shooting and then you just kind of get used to it, it becomes really fun. And I've played it. I've dabbled in it like three or four times over the course of its life. Um, at just different various spots. So I, I redownloaded and I'll give it a shot. And um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a huge studio, probably one of the biggest Canadian studios and the fan base, you know, they, all these people follow them, but they chirp them <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, good, good on, uh, good on Warframe. Congrats. And, and certainly well-deserved. I mean, they got the, the PS5 update out and they did a bunch of updates um, this year and stuff. So, they, uh, yeah, yeah. Warframe, sweet. Warframe is chosen by the people. Best ongoing Canadian game. Final category, Steve. Game of the year. Hotly contested. The closest. <sighs> Very the close. closest of all the categories this year. Coming in at number five. One of the games I streamed earlier this year and quite enjoyed. Dreamscaper by Afterburner Studios, partly in Kingston, Ontario. Dreamscaper is a rogue light, Steve. Remember the T? Uh, mm-hmm. That is an early access launched on August 14th, 2020, uh, but has already added a bunch of content and uh, has a bunch of people um, checking out the demo that's up there for free, as well as getting the uh, soundtrack, which also has a lot of reviews. You can check reviews on a soundtrack, which is cool, I guess. And a extensive roadmap with content planned out, um, Oh no, the roadmap went to the launch in early access. Um, so there was the Phoenix update, the reflection update, and then it launched August 14th, 2020. Um, I really, I really like this game, Steve. The, pre- the premise for those who don't know, um, live Cassidy's waking life and forge friendships with the people around her, which empowers her to then go into the darkness of her nightmare. So it flips back and forth between like during the day you're going places, you have like a certain amount of actions for people who played like persona five or four or something. You're familiar with that and you can build relationships with people sort of, um, have this day life. Uh, but then at night you dive into the rogue light procedurally generated, uh, pick up different abilities, every run to defeat your nightmares. And every section ends with a boss fight. This is just pretty typical for rogue lights. If people have played, and I vibed with it a lot, Steve. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And um, yeah, it's got uh, 700 reviews, very positive on Steam. Um, and uh, we wish them all the success going forward with early access. They're looking at being in early access for, let's see, uh, six months. So launched in August, September, October, November, September, January, January, February, February. Close. So uh, yeah, how will the full version differ along with new levels and a plethora of new weapons, abilities, and items? The full release will expand on the depth of the story and interconnected nature of the waking world and the dreaming world. Look for new bosses, new challenges, new puzzles, and an expanded waking world by the full release. And that was something I definitely noticed in the stream, Steve. The content during the day definitely felt like you just clicked a couple options, like it took me like 10 minutes each time, then I was back in. So mm-hmm. knowing that the more fleshed out dreaming world, roguelite part of it, is going to get a bunch of new stuff, but there will also be a huge update to the stuff during the day. Is they, I think they, they know what they're doing. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they have a GIF too on how to add it to your wish. Yeah. I'm always a big fan of that. Um, yeah. I love the colors in this game too. I'm I'm excited. I want the. I need the. I want a console port for me. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as being the idiot that I am, I want. You know, and I think you've said. Haven't they said that's coming to console eventually? Like it's not out yet. So I mean. Let me check the website. Uh, Dreamscaper game. Com. I guess there was a press kit actually. Dream, die, wake, repeat. I like that. Um, 
Oh yeah, full mm. game Steam, Nintendo Switch, Prologue Demo Steam, Kickstarter. So it's coming to Switch. Would you get it on Switch, Steve, or you would hold out for a PlayStation version? <sighs> I don't know, man. Like I bought I bought Hades on Switch and I dig it and then it's just everything it's always the same thing that happens where it's just like I just stop playing Switch games. Then mm-hmm. the only game that I've really played more than a few hours on Switch lately is uh Grindstone, which uh <sighs> which uh, is amazing. So Game of the year in my heart forever. 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 Number Actually, four, it a, Steve. It has a Switch like trailer, so it's definitely... It's definitely like, coming to Switch. Yeah, it's definitely coming to Switch. So, Congrats, yeah. Dreamscaper and Afterburner. Number four, Steve. Hard Space Shipbreaker by Blackbird Interactive in Vancouver. Hard Space launched in early access last year. It was getting a lot of coverage in the gaming circles I kind of like to enjoy. Uh, Waypoint Radio, Austin Walker, Patrick Klepik, and the gang over there were talking about hard space for a couple weeks in a row. The premise is you have cutting-edge salvaging tech you use to cut apart spaceships and uh, salvage um, derelict space stations for parts. Um, But there's obviously a lot of um, things to keep in mind, like is the space you're in pressurized if you start cutting the hull and everything just launches out and then you die? you got to be careful about those things, Steve. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, launched, uh, June, 2020, 6,800, very positive reviews on steam. They're going to be in early access for uh, about a uh, year, I looked it up. about a year. So June, 2021, expect that full launch, uh, a full campaign to reach a debt of $0. The premise of the story is you're in debt to the company. So you pay that off by salvaging parts and, um, you, you have to go into debt to like get your equipment to start your job. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's bullshit. When I started at Boston Pizza, I remember I was like, I came in and they were like, oh, so all this uniform and, and a bunch of this stuff will come off your face paycheck. I'm like, what? what? Why? And like, oh, to, you need a uniform. I'm like, yeah, I need a uniform. So buy me one. Your Boston Pizza. I've seen Shark Tank. And it was and like. Socialist Steven was born. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck Boston Pizza. Everything in there is garbage. It comes in Yo, bags. It's overpriced. Pizza. It's garbage steve i love boston pizza i miss i miss going to boston pizza and watching sports you know what i had the same experience with taco bell i i started taco bell minimum wage was 640 um, and it took me like 10 hours to buy a video game and uh because that's how i measured money back then still kind of do and um <laughs> my first paycheck was like literally like four dollars because i had worked like the end of a pay period and I just paid enough, or I just made enough to pay for my shirt, and then they made me a check for four. I was like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah. So if you also get fed up with that bullshit, check out Hard Space Shipbreaker. <laughs> a uh, new update, Business is Booming, which shows an explosion in an astronaut, so I think it's a, it's a little joke there, Steve. Uh, I should get this. I want to play this, Steve. Do it right now. You can do the thing. How much is it? It's 33 bucks. Mm, maybe just wish list for now. All right, I'm going to wish list. I'll play the wish <laughs> we're coming list. Up, we're coming off an expensive time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I know, Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah. So congrats to Blackbird Interactive in Vancouver and the team there. I tweeted at, for those who don't know, Doc, hold on, Doc Squiddy on Twitter, uh, writer, narrative designer, uh, Paratopic, Big Cult Hit, and Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, they tweeted out like, um, I should be on more podcasts. And I replied like, please come on the com podcast to talk about hard space with me. And he liked it and said, LOL. So I'm going to DM him. <laughs> them. Mean, LOL. I'm DMing them right now. 
I'm typing in, hey doc, I was serious about that podcast interview. Do you have any free time in the coming weeks? Sent. So there you go. Hold me to that. I'm getting Doc on this podcast or not. It's totally up to them. So anyway, that's it? all to say. Who, who is that? Uh, a narrative designer I quite admire. Okay, um, okay I, see, I see the thing. So, uh, if you're still interested, heart. I realized that initial one was a little uh, a forward. But all that to say, I want to talk <laughs> about Hard Space Shipbreaker with the narrative designer who clearly hit a nerve for me with the premise for this game. Coming in, Steve... <laughs> number three marvel's avengers partly by square enix in montreal i don't know how much of this was chalked up to just you know avengers being one of the recognizable games on that list for a lot of people who found it through other ways Mm -hmm. you weren't too hot on avengers have despite beating the campaign and playing a bunch of it correct and platinum and i platinumed it (laughs) oh you got the platinum yeah it was it was a grind um it was it was it's a fine game, but like it obviously had its issues. It la- it obviously launched too early. It you know you don't patch a game f- a thousand bugs or whatever like a couple weeks after and think that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did think some of the like criticisms were like misdirected. Like the whole people thought that each character has its own battle pass and it's not like a timed thing, so it's like it's a little bit different <clears throat> sort of thing. And the original characters don't and and whatnot. So mm-hmm. felt like it was poor marketing on their part on how to how to do it but it was a fine game i'm looking forward to like the ps5 update because I, I think they um they put in like a kate bishop dlc and there's more dlc coming with new characters and stuff so i'll, I'll play when it comes to ps5 and see what they've done but yeah i think you're right has... i think like part of it is like i gotta vote for a game oh here's avengers i know that game and then... which again my fault for making that a force thing next year's polls will be not you can vote for none of them and just submit an empty poll or vote for one or two of the categories. Mostly positive reviews, Steve, of recent reviews, um, but overall mix ah. 11,000 reviews on Steam. I want to find a funny one. I feel like there's got to be a funny one for this one. I did hear that the N- Kate Bishop stuff was good. It's just that it was light. So it's like <laughs> it was good release, but it was like after after you did it for four hours or whatever, it was kind of done and then and whatnot. So they need some bigger, meatier stuff to like keep those people around. Top uh Top three funny reviews. Delorious Ed said on November 21st, got it for free with my new processor. If I could refund it, I would take my zero euros back. Uh, Dr. Marcus's left nut on September 4th said, it's destiny without guns, and that's a good thing for me as I cannot aim. And the top funny review by Nezikant on September 7th, 2020, Hulk smashes bad guys and your frame rate. <laughs> good, oh, I didn't, I didn't really good have jabs. <laughs> Good jabs at Marvel's Avengers. That was a review from launch week, so I assume the mm. big patch that fixed the game. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I did like that. You know, a lot of these like um, games of service were all first person shooters, and this like wasn't. So mm. I did appreciate that, and that they play all different. Like the characters really did play differently, but it was kind mm. of the extra. Like it was the game was good. It was the as service part wasn't good, and you know. It is what it is. They got uh, they got the money to to fund it. Maybe they'll be voted uh, most uh, best best ongoing. ongoing. Game. I'm pulling for them, Steve. No one no one wants to put out a bad game. I'm sure the incredibly talented team at Idos Montreal did everything they could. I'm sure they missed a lot of, a lot of dinners and a lot of weekends putting out this game under the the capitalist crunch of the Walt Disney Corporation and Crystal Dynamics. As and they should. 
I wish them all the success with this game. Hopefully it's a No Man's Sky and not an Anthem. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah we, all right. We, actually, Anthem didn't have any patches this year, so I guess it couldn't have gone into... Well, the director on the big Anthem Beyond update has been moved on to Mass Effect after they all quit. So I don't know what's happening at Bioware, but, you know, God bless them too. Good luck. It's not a good sign. Coming in at number two, Steve, I was watching this poll last night down to the wire. It was going votes back and forth, back and forth. One would go up by one, one would go up by one. Coming in, number two, Star Wars Squadrons by EA Motive in Montreal. Thank you for liking our tweet, EA. You're one of the only, you're the only big studio who actually acknowledged our poll's existence, and for that, I respect you. They liked the tweet. That's sweet. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm sure some people found it that way because after they liked that, I saw it jump up a bit. Um, Squadrons is the most surprising EA game I've played in a long time, and let me clarify that. Of course, coming off of the disastrous launch of Battlefront Two. EA was in a lot of hot water with Disney. There's a lot of semi-corroborated, and I believe it, reports that like literally the night of Battlefront 2's launch, Disney called EA and was like, cut this shit out. And so they pulled a bunch of the microtransactions. They did a developer Q&A that still holds the record for the most downvoted comment in Reddit history um, and was in a really bad spot. Now, a different team at... Or wait, did Motive do Battlefront 2? I thought it was DICE. They did, they did um, the campaign. They did this campaign of it. Right. That makes sense. Yes, Battlefront 2 is Motive and DICE. Okay, yeah. So Battlefront 2 comes out, huge disaster. Battlefront, sorry, Star Wars Squadrons comes out October 2020. No microtransactions, no cosmetic store, no season pass, no year-long content update plan. Doesn't launch full price, Steve. It launches for 55 Canadian dollars, but supports all the major VR headsets, including PlayStation VR, on day one. Is included in uh, the EA Play trial thing. Loads of ways for you to like check out this game uh, via a demo or the EA Play. Just to generally... And then they ended up just doing a bunch of free content anyway. In the months since, they've added new ships. They've added loads of community-requested uh, um, features and feedback. Just a really great, solid, triple-A Canadian project. Yeah. They, they even said that they were done development. And they're like, this is what you get. Like, this is this is $40 in today's game industry. Like, we, we have a... F- of dlc but this is it and then like a month later there was more dlc for free um, for free for free i i did download the demo the like the ea access thing it only gives you like the prologue and then like the multiplayer so i played a little bit of it it's like on my wish list i want to i want to buy it um mm-hmm. eventually like i want to play more of it i just never gone back to it maybe actually because it's a good sophia game so i could play it in front of her mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think I think like you said, like I think Disney after EA kind of botched Battlefront two, EA was like or Star Wars or Disney, sorry, was like, Okay, you guys are fucking this like we're fucking this up. And mm-hmm. um I don't think it's a coincidence that like, the last two big Star Wars games launched with like no microtransactions and no like DLC or no paid DLC and stuff like that. So And were good games. Um mm-hmm. I played the first uh, four or five missions on my PSVR when I saw that set up. Uh, my girlfriend got the game for me for Christmas, dang story, and I really liked it. And I played some of the multiplayer. I'm really bad, and I assume I'm even worse now that everyone's been playing it for months and is getting really good at it. It's I was, I was really fun in VR, it. Steve. 
I know. I, w- I wish I still had my VR. I played it with someone in our Discord, and I basically apologized the whole time I was playing. So I was like, <laughs> Dude, that's fucking awful. Like I was the re- I. You know when you play multiplayer games sometimes, and you're like, you're the reason why your team loses. Like, oh, I know. It's not like you just had a bad game. Like you are actually the reason, the difference in the win versus loss. That was me, and I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, it's <laughs> um. So yeah, nothing but high praise for a EA Motive and Star Wars Squadrons. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Steve, Canadian game of 2020, coming at number one from Thunder Lotus in Montreal, Spirit Fair, uh, released August 18th, 2020, on Game Pass as well as on Switch, PS4, Xbox, and PC. Currently at 5,500 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam, 900 overwhelmingly positive recent reviews. This is it. This is the game of the year, Steve. That's awesome. I, I, haven't, game pass. I, I haven't played it yet, so. <laughs> but you have Game Pass, so there's no excuse. I know. I'm going to buy it on PS5, though, so. Shout out to recent completing the game in our Discord. Who is that? I think it was Blake uh, Alburn, um, one of our very active Discord users, who talked about actually just beating Spirit Fair. And I want to find their quote directly because. Yeah, here we go, here we go. All right, so yesterday at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, Blake, go to bed. <laughs> Hopped in our Discord and said, just finished Spirit Fair, and wow, what a masterpiece. The ending had me mm. sobbing. I've been crying for about 10 minutes. It's the emotional outlet I desperately needed this year. So wow. if that's not the glowing review you need to check out Spirit Fair on Game Pass, Switch, PS4, or PC, you should check it out. And Steve's going to play it. I'm going to go back to it. And that's our game of the year. Thank you to everyone. Yeah. Who voted? Do you have any last minute thoughts on Spirit Fair or the whole process, Steve? Uh, no, I, I like congrats to them. Like I know it was well reviewed and stuff when it came out. I, I do feel bad like when when it was winning because it was pretty much ahead. Like it was pretty much in the lead or like the top game or whatever top three game the whole time the the thing was going on like mm-hmm. the the voting. So obviously a lot of people recognize it and wanted to vote it first. And the whole time I was like, Oh fuck, I like, I should play it. Like I always try mm-hmm. to make an effort to play all these like top games that people are voting for. And that's why we do a vote because we yeah. had picked our game of the year and runner ups and like, they're barely in this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we always like to go with a vote or why I always like to go for a vote just cause it kind of like, yeah, it brings the more popular and the bigger communities up front, but we haven't played a lot of these games um, or like, or really have them on our radars. Like you and I would not have age of empires or Warhammer or Baldur's gate on our most anticipated. And we wouldn't have, I don't know. Would you, would you have spirit fair on your top five? Game you? Like, did you play it enough? Top five Canadian games? No, I played more Canadian games, um, especially on stream that uh, I think I would say resonated with me more, but spirit fair is also the way we stream is like, I play like an hour or two of a game and like, just get a taste for it. Yeah. Spirit fair, from the people I've talked to who played it is you can spend like 20, 30 hours, like really getting into that game and having that big climax, like Blake was talking about that really resonates because of all the time you spent with these characters. Mm-hmm. I guess I should explain the game a bit for people who don't know. It's a, a management game. You've got like a barge in the afterlife and you're, you're fairer ring spirits around, but all these spirits have something they need to resolve before they can move on past this area. Um, and so part of, your job in addition to managing this barge and resources like food and um, shelter for people is going around trying to help people, you know, clean up 
loose ends to their life that are holding them back from moving on to whatever's beyond. And yeah, that's, that's a great premise. I love the management part of it. It's 2d, um, gorgeous art style, lots of anthropomorphic characters aside from you look like a human. I think your name's Mara. Um, let me get that right. You are Stella. Sorry. And you're, you're building this barge and talking to these people and trying to like make sure everyone gets what they need here and then get what they need to move on. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna download on Xbox. I'll play it on Xbox. And then all if, right, we got to download. And then if I'm feeling, if I'm like, okay, I I do want this. I want I do want the trophies to this. Then I'll cop it on on PlayStation. Um, but I'm I'm excited to dive it in because it was it was always like on my radar because I think like Star Renegades came out around that time and Undermine like it came out in like October or something, didn't it? And it was just Spear like, Fair came out in August, uh, middle of August. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a Star Renegades was September. Undermine was earlier in the summer, so you're probably still playing that. Yeah, I just remember it came. Yeah, you're right, August 18th. I just remember it came in a time when I was like, when I was deep into other games. Uh, I think like Ghostsushima was around that time too and stuff. So I uh, I'll I'll download tonight. I think next episode maybe you and I should do like our own, you know, maybe a recap on on it or whatever at least play a little bit but uh it's on stadia xbox one switch ps4 and windows and like we said on game pass and stuff like that so <laughs> it's our game of the year so um congrats to them congratulations thunder lotus and spirit fair your steam badges are <laughs> in the mail in the mail all right steve i got a couple events to plug everything's ramping up again global game jam online a bunch of people on our discord and other developer discords are talking about it End of January, 27th to 31st. I participated in school. I missed the past couple years. I don't know if I'll play participate again this year, but I always like seeing the projects that come out of that. Dirty Rectangles is coming back Wednesday, January 13th, 8 p.m. So if you're listening to this the day it goes live for everyone else, it's tonight. Check it out, twitch.tv slash Dirty Rectangles. Lots of talks from interesting and weird and wonderful game developers all across Canada and the world. And the annual general meeting for Dames Making Games is happening Saturday, February 27th, so you got some time, but you could become a member uh, to start shaping the future of that organization and all the cool projects they're doing, the fund for indie creators, um, all the events they put on, trying to diversify the game space, which I argue leads to more interesting games getting made. And yeah, check all that out, dmg.to. Why don't we close out the show, Steve, talking about what we've been playing. We didn't stream anything over the break. We like took a break. Aside from all the threads and stuff I was making. Um, yeah, I, I took a break, but... <laughs> Steve took a break. And uh, I played a lot of Apex with friends. Um, I played a lot of Jackbox with friends, becoming a regular thing where we just set up a Zoom call, share a screen, and everyone just plays Jackbox. Having a lot of fun with that. But as far as, like, new games... Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to play Maneater yet, the PS Plus game. I got it downloaded. I think Tori would enjoy that, so maybe we'll try and play together. Um, it's kind of. I'm not it. really. I'm not really feeling it. It's like. It has a good. It has like cool like pre- presentation, and the narrator is pretty good, and and stuff like that. But it's like. I don't know. It's just kind of like boring, to be perfectly mm. honest. I'm like two hours in. It's just like the same shit already. Um, it's, I mean, swimming underwater is like pretty smooth. It's just like the whole time I'm playing, I'm just like, it's really like 
you're a shark who just bites things. Like, nom, 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 nom. You, like it, it really kind of loses. Like, it really doesn't even have any momentum, to be perfectly honest. Like, the whole time I'm playing, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe it's the wrong time for me, sort of thing, you know? Um, mm. But I'm not really super impressed with it. Like, a lot of people are online are kind of praising this game or at least like saying like yeah it's good kooky you know it's good fun it's just like you're playing as a shark what other game are you a shark other than like joss um but that's not really enough for me i'm just kind of like yeah it's just like whatever I'll, I'll play more of it but you know i'm not really i'm not really feeling it hmm. i'll check it out and report back next week hmm. you also been playing nba 2k21 which you got for christmas correct <laughs> Yeah, my sister-in-law gave me NBA 2K21. I was a little torn on the game in, in general because it has the WNBA mode. So I was like, I want to support that. This is the fir- even just on PS5 and Xbox Series X, the first time you can play in any sports game, like create a character as like a woman character and like go through like a women's like um, career or whatever in that sport. So this is the first time you can like make a character and play in the WNBA. So I made my daughter, obviously, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's no one's playing this mode because you know me, trophy hunter mm-hmm. extraordinaire. Ten years of trophy hunting, winning an online three on three match in WNBA, which took me three matches and pairs you up with AI if you don't get enough players after a certain time. So it's not hard to do. Is my like third rarest trophy of all time. <laughs> so part of me is like, oh, I want to like want to play this mode just to like support it because I like the WNBA. It's not just like that. I have a daughter. Like I'm not like you know. Like, oh, I didn't know being a douchebag until I had a daughter. So it's not that. Like, I watched the WNBA before. I just didn't really have, a re- like, a team to cheer for. Mm-hmm. But um, I like the WNBA. I created the character. I'm playing that mode. And it's actually, I'm digging it because you get VC, which is the virtual currency stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's no, you can't spend VC in the mode at all. So there's no ads anymore. There's no, like, you can't, like, you you just increase your character stats like automatically just through playing like it just levels up for you based on like the class quote unquote that you pick like I'm a I'm a lockdown defender so like it already kind of has my stats pre-aligned hmm. so it, it it's missing all that shit and I haven't even played the normal and like my team I mode because I because I know exactly what it is like it's just predatory shit where it's just like constantly throwing VC shit in your face Gatorade ads all that stuff. It doesn't, and this mode doesn't have any of it, so it's actually like sweet. It's really just fucking basketball game. And if I so choose to incline to like play the other mode later on when I'm done this, like when I've completely finished this mode, I'll have all the VC. So it's super weird that they like are giving you the VC without actually making you spend it. Um, I feel like next year it won't be like that, but I, I'm trying to play this mode because I'm like, no, I want, I want to like, you know, quote unquote, support this, like. Because if you go to like the YouTube trailer when they show the WNBA stuff, it's got more downvotes than upvotes. Like, man, that sucks. And if, and if you post about it on the 2K subreddit, you it's just like, why do you want to play this the WNBA mode and blah blah blah? And I'm just like, ah, like the fucking people. Gamers are exhausting. I know. So I'm trying to support it, but it's like just fun because I now have a mode where I can like kind of play the game I want to play without like game PC shit thrown down my or shoved down my throat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty sweet. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. My team is terrible. Um, I'm, not do- I'm not doing well. Sophia's not really having a great career. <laughs> oh, no. Start off as a rookie, so she's got to play better. Coach Coach says, but it's it's good. I like it. Excellent. Um, other than that, I've just played like Vigor and other things. Nothing like super. Grindstone. Really- 
yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what level am I on? I'm on like 50 or 60 now. So making your way, making your way, making way. Yeah, yeah. Because when when I fucked up my back, I was playing a lot of Switch, but it was a little bit. It was passing between Hades and and uh, Grandstone. Grandstone. Good. Um, but yeah, I haven't really dabbled into too much. But Spirit, I'm excited dive into spirit fair and warframe and some of the ones that we've kind of talked about this episode i'll stream you know what steve i'm gonna stream spirit fair on monday after we announce the winner okay 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 i'm making that speaking into the world so then it has to happen because that's what happened last time so check out that stream patrons tonight if you're listening to this on monday if not i'll i don't know i'll upload to youtube eventually and yeah that'll be twitch.tv slash king game devs that's it for episode 172 the first episode of 2021 for the king game devs.com podcast Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site up and running, covering the Canadian game dev scene, you can support us over on patreon.com slash Canadian game devs. We're backing us. We'll get you early access to the show, discord perks, game giveaways, discounts for Canadian gaming events. And if you back us at the credited patron tier or higher, we'll throw your name at the end of the credits every week, like these lovely folks. Thank you so much, Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play, David Winter, David Nagy, Eric Beer. Oh, go check out Eric's work at the bot book. He's our top supporter. So at that, support level we like to shout out the work you're working on and direct people to your projects so that's the botbook.com oh Eric's you, get, also expressed, uh, you get swag too which patreon just does for us so oh yeah so Eric's sweater, ooh, a sticker and sticker a sweater or shirt sticker and a sweater shirt or something yeah there's there's swag you get our logo <laughs> on something i like our, our i wear the sweater a lot um yeah so go check out eric's work and eric also expressed interest in possibly doing a canadian game devs jam this year I, re- so, I really want to do that. We have some things that we've been discussing what we want to do this year. We have uh, some ambitions. Yes. And, yes. Uh, I, I, the game, there's two that I really want to do, and mm-hmm. I know you're passionate about another one, mm-hmm. but the two that I want to do, and one of them is like a, a game jam. I think that'd be really cool. I think so too. And we have some other people in the Discord already expressing interest, so join our Discord and maybe get on, on the ground floor of that. Other credited patrons, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graf Metal, Kai Hutchins, Nicholas A. Zorko, Nav from the Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Sean Hayden, and Stacey H. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. It's right down there. Um, let us know what you think. We want to take your feedback, make the show better. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can send any feedback to contact at CanadianGameDevs.com or find us on Twitter at CanadaGameDevs. Uh, yeah, and join our Discord. Hang out, chat. I love talking to our Discord. Great group of people. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Steve, for joining me for the first of many episodes to come in 2021 where can people check you out on the internet if they wish to do so oh we're both in the handle or the the profile description for at candy game devs which is a lot easier than spelling out our handles every time yeah yeah go to candy game devs i go don't to candy like, game devs the raptors are every uh every other day and they suck and they're bad again i'm just, I'm just kind of tweeting about that they're not playing great but there's still hope hmm. um, so we'll see we'll see Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we will be in your ear holes next week. Bye. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Robert H. Schuler. Eh. Eh. What happened to him? I bet he died. Yeah, that's what I said. It wasn't tough enough. Everyone dies. Dr. <laughs> Robert Schuler is an American televangelist? Ew.